0: Together we can create our new digital leader. Connection, engagement, confidence. Do we feel we are in a psychologically safe place?
1: Language shouldn't be able to stop you from career progression. We are changing the the future landscape of business, of leadership. Hello, and welcome to the Changemaker Conversations, brought to you by HALTF Corporate Education. My name is Dr. Milena Coupes. And in this series, we aim to bring you insights and stories from leaders and leadership developers who create change and inspire others to do the same. Today, I have the pleasure to speak with Bobby Mellor. Bobby leads Vodafone's group's sustainability function globally with responsibility for Vodafone's climate, social purpose, and human rights strategies. She also oversees engagement and advocacy on these topics, including Vodafone's ESG disclosure and transparency program and engagement with international bodies, including the United Nations. Prior to this, Bobby worked in a range of policy and government affairs roles at Vodafone. But without further ado, Bobby, welcome to the podcast.
0: Well thanks so much for having me. I'm an avid uh, podcast listener but this is my first time appearing on a podcast so it's great to be this side of the microphone.
1: Amazing, we're very excited to have you and to hear what you have to say. In fact, can we start by having you tell us a bit about your background and your role at Vodafone?
0: Absolutely, yes. So as you mentioned, um, I'm the head of ESG and transparency at Vodafone Group Um, Vodafone, for anyone who is not familiar, is a very large telecommunications um, company operating primarily in Europe and sub-Saharan Africa. Um, So in my role, I oversee Vodafone's strategy globally on environmental, social and corporate governance topics. Um, I work very closely then with our business units um, to implement the strategy and assure we're achieving against our targets Um, I also oversee our transparency programme, that includes our disclosures, so that's the information we put out into the public domain on ESG, and our engagement with external stakeholders on these topics, so that could be governments, it could be NGOs, or it could be international bodies uh, like the UN. In terms of my background, I've been at Vodafone for about eight years. joined initially into the government affairs department um, and then worked on public policy um, for a few of those years. Um, But before that, I I actually worked in media and journalism. Um, I started out uh, my career in journalism, mostly based out of the Middle East with Reuters. Um, I then worked in corporate philanthropy for a few years before making my way over to Vodafone.
1: What an interesting and exciting background you have. And honestly, I couldn't be happier to speak with you today, especially because I know how passionate you are about driving change through corporate action. So I'm really keen to hear how you're now leading on climate transition and ensuring that everyone gets the best out of technology.
0: Yeah, thank you. And I mean, I think, um, you know, to start the conversation, It's really important for me to say that I I firmly believe that connectivity, um, the Internet and digitization is really a driving force for good. And although I think some of us feel at the end of the day, we just want to get away from our phones and we've had enough screen time. um, Ultimately, connectivity is uh, inherent to social progress and economic development. Um, And the way that we sort of manage our ESG agenda at Vodafone is really driven by our company purpose, which is to connect for a better future. And our purpose is delivered against three pillars. Um, So the first one is the planet. And this is about how we reduce our impact as a business, but also deploy our technology to enable others to do the same. So our planet strategy is supported by science, based net zero targets, as well as targets on e-waste and carbon enablement, which means that we actually track the tons of CO2 that we save for our customers through using our products. Our second pillar is inclusion. Um, now this both includes our own workforce diversity and inclusion strategy, but also how we work towards closing the digital divide globally. So that's bringing the 2.7 billion people who don't currently use the internet online, as well as aiming for gender parity within our consumer base. And both of these pillars are enabled by what we call our digital society strategy, which seeks to ensure that everyone has the connectivity that they need, um, especially governments and businesses. Um, and these are all, of course, underpinned by our responsible business practices. So this is really the, the G part of the SG. Um, and we summarise that by protecting data, protecting people and operating responsibly. And that includes um, ensuring that we are upholding Uh, principles like the UN Guiding Principles on Human Rights right across our supply chain and our own operations.
1: That's amazing. I find it incredibly interesting how when you're talking about connecting for a better future, you have uh, connected planet inclusion and responsible business practices all in one. It does make a lot of sense to me that you would treat it as one mission. Definitely a very ambitious and a very powerful mission. I can't help but ask you, where do you even start? Uh, How do you make this happen in Vodafone?
0: So this is the key question um, for businesses and sustainability teams now. It's how do we actually make all of this happen within our organizations? And I think that over the past three years, um, we've become quite clear, especially in terms of climate, on what we need to achieve. And this is thanks to science-based targets, the 1.5 degree target or, or limit, I should say, um, and other frameworks that have helped businesses establish the role that they play in society and the contribution they need to make. So we're sort of clear on what we need to do. And now we really need to figure out how we make it happen. And... For us at Vodafone, the key here is moving into embedding ESG into the business. So I like to say that ESG and sustainability can't be the icing on the cake. It needs to be a key ingredient. So I'm not very good at at, at baking, but let's say some flour or some eggs. Um, And there are a number of levers that um, we sort of pull at Vodafone to make this happen. But I think these are quite common against any large business. Um, So I'll give you my top five. So the first one would be setting targets. So really quantifying what you want to achieve and by when. So instead of kind of having ambitions, actually get down into the detail. What are you going to achieve? What's your time frame? And how do you break that down by year? The second one is creating accountability around these targets. So is it really clear who is accountable? in the business to deliver against each one? Whose name is actually on the line for making this happen? Who's sitting down at the end of the year uh, in their PD discussion and having this as one of the things that they are judged against? And have you built out a RACI around these targets to make sure that whoever is responsible for delivering them has a very clear network of support and everything that they need? The third one is budget. So have our ESG targets been integrated into financial planning? Have we quantified the risk and opportunity around them? Um, Have teams actually factored this into budgets so they don't just become an afterthought or something that could get cut? You know, I think that times are tough for all businesses at the moment. And um, we need to make sure that ESG doesn't get left behind when we're ruthlessly prioritising. And really, one of the best ways to do that is to make sure that our targets actually have budget behind them and are integrated into long long range plans. Our fourth lever would be capability, skills and access to expertise. So as we're moving into a model where we have non-sustainability experts delivering our ESG goals, e.g. the business units, they need to continue to access expertise. So we business partner really closely with the the managers and business units who are delivering um, against our targets. And we also make sure that we've got capacity to buy in expertise when needed. And then our final lever is data. So do we have high quality, reliable and frequent data that can track progress against those targets and also make credible disclosures? And I think the key here is about really working on data quality, getting our non-financial data up to the same standard as our financial reporting. So I think, in summary, what does that mean for sustainability teams and businesses today? I mean, I think we're in a bit of a transition phase. And whilst we need to continue to have those core sustainability skills within businesses around the ES and the G, we also need skill sets within sustainability teams now that are actually about organizational change and company strategy because as I mentioned we're in this phase of actually driving change within the business and that means really getting into the guts and the nuts and bolts of how businesses operate and finding those levers to make that change.
1: Thank you Bobby I really enjoyed hearing about these five key levers um, that are sound absolutely necessary to drive change like you said you mentioned setting targets, creating accountability, uh, planning for budget, having the right expertise, and data. To me, these five pillars sound like they inevitably lead to the question of how we measure and then report impact. So I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that.
0: Yes, this is an absolutely key question, um, particularly because at the moment, there is a whole raft of new regulation um, on ESG reporting. So everyone is really under a lot of pressure to get this right. Um, At Vodafone, we've been on a big journey in terms of our ESG data and disclosures. We've always had um, quite a leading disclosure programme and and been very transparent um, about our ESG progress. So for many years, um, we've been publishing our ESG addendum with our annual report every year. And that actually reports our progress across 270 different ESG data points. So we make very big disclosures. Um, But what we've been trying to do in the past couple of years is really get the quality of that data up to the same standard as our financial reporting. And this is a huge task. It's a really important one because we know data is critical from a few different perspectives. One, it gives you um, the ability to track your progress internally against your targets. Know if you're actually heading in the right direction and also create that accountability. The second is that you can make these um, more transparent disclosures, the more reliable your data is. And that will really allow companies to be measured side by side on their ESG progress. It'll facilitate investors to make decisions and it will help quantify businesses' contribution to those big societal challenges that we're trying to address. Um, And then finally, we'll be able to meet these increasing regulatory requirements on reporting, Um, So we've been working very, very closely with our finance team um, on this journey over the past few years. And we had an honest look at our data and we said, "Okay, as a sustainability team, are we the best paced people in this business to be managing this heavy ESG data programme? And we sort of said truthfully, no, there is a big team within our finance function who looks after our financial reporting every year. And they are the experts in extracting data from all of Vodafone's operations around the world, in making sure it's high quality in getting it assured and in publishing it. So we've partnered with the finance team to set up a new ESG data function, which is co-owned by the two departments. And we're in the process of getting that non-financial data up to the same standard as our financial accounts. Um, This implies setting up a controls framework around our ESG data and having it it, it assured externally. It's a massive transition that we're making, um, but we feel that it's an absolutely critical part of our ESG journey.
1: I think you're absolutely right when you're looking into delivering such an ambitious mission, like the one that you are, you just simply have to have standards of excellence, even when it comes to measuring or reporting impact. So I think the transition you're undergoing will definitely bring uh, the results you're looking for. And uh, I'm sure we'll see that happen across more and more companies in the future. You did actually mention the idea of comparing companies side by side. And that got me thinking about how there are other companies out there on the same mission. And there's really a collective of businesses trying to drive change in the world. So my question to you is, how do you feel that the role of business in society is now changing?
0: Yes, it's really interesting that the point you're making about sort of um businesses being together on this mission and I have to say you know I've been doing this job for um, about a year and a half now and it's one of the first roles I've had where I often go for dinners um, or conferences with um, peers who you know other heads of sustainability and large businesses and it's almost like this sort of group therapy session every time we get together there is really this feeling that we're all on this kind of common mission um, and we really share the same challenges, but also the same ambitions and hopes. And and that's something that actually really drives me forward. I I haven't really experienced that in in other roles I've had. I think more broadly, the role of business in society has changed and continues to change. And I think that change was really accelerated by the COVID-19 pandemic. During the pandemic, businesses, had to really step up and in some cases had to suddenly take responsibility for things that were previously really in the domain of the government. Um, And I think at the same time, governments have become far more interventionist since the pandemic and I don't see that trend going away. So we really need to find a way for businesses to ensure that they're meeting societal and government demands whilst, of course, still producing profit and shareholder returns. And at Vodafone, we call this balance the social contract. So I think there's a lot more for for businesses to deliver. And equally, there is this raft of new ESG regulation coming down the line very, very quickly, particularly out of the EU. And I think that regulation means that sustainability is quickly shifting from what used to be a reputation driven exercise to a compliance driven one. So I think sustainability in the past, it could be a choice that businesses made to look good, to perhaps drive um, better consumer uh, perception. It's now actually something that's being regulated and something that we need to comply with. So on the plus side, it means that it can no longer be ignored. On the downside, a lot of this regulation is focused on ESG reporting and disclosures rather than the actual action. And this creates a really big suck on time for sustainability and ESG teams across businesses who are so focused on meeting um, very, very rigorous um, reporting requirements um, that less of their time is going on actually delivering um, climate action or inclusion programs. So we really need to find the balance of this. And I hope that balance will come um, perhaps with more regulation on the action as well as just the reporting.
1: Thank you, Bobby. It actually really got me thinking about what you were saying in terms of sustainability changing from reputation to compliance. And I can see that happen even across other domains such as diversity and inclusion and um, lots of other facets of uh, society as well. So yes, I think uh, it's true that once again, COVID-19 has been a catalyst in uh, this transformation. And I look forward to seeing what how it all unravels for uh, different businesses. But it does sound like Vodafone has a clear plan. And I really look forward to learning about your success with it all uh, next time we catch up. On that note, um, I would like to ask you one final question that we like to ask all of our guests. And that is, uh, what is the one thing you know now that you wish you would have known 10 years ago?
0: Well, I I thought about this, you know, and I think it's a really difficult question because I do feel, um, I'm quite a no regrets person. And although I've had lots of ups and downs on the way, I'm really happy where my journey has taken me and and where the past 10 years have have brought me today. And I think that it's really by figuring out what you don't know that you make progress and you grow. So I'm not sure there is one piece of advice or a hack that could have changed it or made it any any different. Um, But I think if it's about a, a general piece of advice, then I'd say two things. One is hard work matters and the second one is um i think working in sustainability um often carries quite a mental load and i find this with my team as well um particularly when they're working on climate they feel that they carry you know the, the future of the planet on on their shoulders so i think um making sure that you don't burn out is really really important um and for me the best way to do that and to balance out the kind of mental workload is to um, is to do it with a physical one. Um, exercising is is truly the best and the only way for me to decompress. So I think just making sure that you have a way to balance out your mental load um, at the end of the day and keep yourself healthy.
1: Thank you for bringing well being into the equation. It is true that when we talk about such ambitious missions and such massive goals we forget that there are some people that are carrying that responsibility on their shoulders. And it's people like you, people who have this uh, awesome passion that do tend to work really hard and eventually are at risk of burnout. So thank you so much for reminding us that we need to take care of ourselves to be able to take care of others and of the planet as well. I think that is awesome advice that we all know it, but we tend to forget it way too quickly. Uh, Bobby, well, uh, thank you so much for speaking with me today. I really, really enjoyed our conversation. I feel like there was so much to take in, so many tips for other businesses out there. And as I mentioned earlier, I just look forward to catching up again with you soon and learning about all the great outcomes I know you will achieve. So thank you. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks so much, Melina, for having me and really looking forward to hearing from other guests as well on the
1: podcast. Have a great day. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Changemaker Conversations. Would you like to talk further about unlocking human potential and creating positive change, either one-to-one or on this very podcast? If so, please visit healthf.com slash inspire. Until next time, goodbye.